Hello, I'm Vincenzo Genovese, an Italian journalist based in Brussels, where I cover European news. After digging into the defense policy of the European Union, in this episode I'll show you other parts of the EU strategic compass, a comprehensive common defense plan approved by EU foreign and defense ministers in March 2022. Today it's the turn of the hybrid toolbox intended to help face a broad range of hybrid threats from foreign countries. Hybrid threats, hybrid warfare, these terms have been heard lately to refer to a mix of coercive and subversive measures using both conventional and unconventional tools and tactics. Basically, these threats are nothing new, explains Dylan Macchiarini-Crosson, an expert and a researcher at the EU Foreign Policy Unit at the Center for European Policy Studies, or CEPS. I met him on a rainy day in the European Quarter in Brussels. The concept of, of kind of hybrid tactics has been around uh, for as long as uh, countries have been uh, trying to destabilize other countries. Um, and it is, it is really uh, now coming to the forefront as the EU develops as an international actor uh, with its own um, tasks in providing uh, for the security of EU citizens. These hybrid tactics can be used in a coordinated manner by state and non-state actors to influence or even coerce EU member states via their citizens, economic or corporate interest groups or minorities to influence their policy decisions. They therefore take many forms, from diplomatic channels to economic levers, from technological means to information manipulation, to name but a few, all of which can be instrumentalized in these hybrid campaigns, as Macchiarini Crosson explains. It could be uh, looking at uh, how a critical infrastructure uh, may present some vulnerabilities and then uh, attacking those vulnerabilities. It may be uh, attacking um, the, 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 a, a third country, uh, an EU country uh, in the cybersphere. Um, and a whole other range of, of um, um, elements regarding critical infrastructure. What has changed over the past years is that the EU has become aware of the scale of these threats and therefore of its vulnerabilities, explains Chris Kremidas courtney senior fellow at Friends of Europe and other Brussels-based EU think tank. What we've seen change in the last two years, since the beginning of this uh, war in Ukraine, is that the attacks now, cyber attacks now, are also against critical infrastructure, and they go after the industrial control technologies and operational technologies. These are the engineering, uh, this is where cyber meets engineering of the devices that control things and, and move things and the thermostats and that turn the heat up or down or any of these things. And this is where we have a real vulnerability because, and there's a, a number of experts in, um, in Europe have been pointing this out, that we need to close that gap. The EU's acknowledgement of these threats is therefore reflected in its strategic compass, the document at the core of the EU's security and defense agenda. It is considering how it can build up its capabilities in order to detect, respond to and mitigate the effects of these hybrid threats from third countries in a so-called hybrid toolbox, 
a range of initiatives, the most prominent part of which is called hybrid rapid response teams, Maccherini Crosson explains. Are able to go into uh, an EU member state or a partner country and map out the hybrid threat vulnerabilities in that country, as well as then formulate a plan to mitigate the effects of hybrid threats. Uh, and these hybrid rapid response teams are essentially a pool of rapidly deployable experts uh, who uh, are uh, very aware of the specificities of each context and um, can come up with the uh, correct policy mix to adopt. According to the expert, the EU has taken the measure of what is going on in Ukraine and has understood that the means used by Russia to pursue its objectives go far beyond an armed conflict. The EU essentially wants to beef up its capacity and skills to adapt to the multiplicity of challenges it faces here. Another element of the EU's strategic compass is the development of a cyber diplomatic toolbox, a common EU diplomatic response to malicious cyber activities which could be flanked by cyber sanctions together with a new cyber defense policy against cyber attacks. Designed to strengthen the bloc's ability to protect, detect, defend and deter, making the full range of defensive options available to both the civilian and military communities. So if the EU has important potential to develop in the future, it faces considerable challenges, according to Chris Kremidas Corny. The recruitment of cybersecurity specialists is one key challenge, says this expert of Malin influence campaigns. I reached him in his office. Europe itself is, uh, has a shortage of around 300,000 trained cybersecurity experts. So we have about 300,000 positions in Europe in, different, in companies and in governments. They need uh, trained experts in cybersecurity if we're missing people, you know, if we're missing the guardians at the gate. So I think that's one thing that needs to be addressed. I think a public-private solution to that would be helpful. And the problem up to now has been, you know, who pays for that training? And I think that is something that's important to address. The first concrete step was the Commission's proposal of a European Cyber Shield in April 2023, meant to strengthen coordination amongst EU member states, improve awareness of the types of attacks that can be carried out in the cyber domain, and establish a network of experts from both public authorities and private companies capable of defusing IT threats. But many questions remain pending about how this pool of experts will work in practice, such as what profile will be accepted, who will be in charge of its management, all of which remain unclear. There will be thorny issues for the EU to deal with, knowing that, at the same time, EU member states are competing to attract cyber skills due to this lack of skilled labor in this area. And, to top it up, the development of new technologies leads to the almost permanent emergence of new threats, which means that the EU will always have to catch up with this moving target, according to the Friends of Europe expert. 
Extended reality technology, for instance, could provide all sorts of information in real time on a glassy screen. But where will this information be sourced? The metaverse is set to offer more and more possibilities, with much economic and social activity moving into virtual reality. With people gradually becoming accustomed to this, institutions should be able to catch up with the dangers associated with it. We need to make sure that we are prepared for the kind of threats to democracy, privacy, and personal safety that are happening inside of there in the future. And I think there's a significant number of hybrid threats and hybrid vulnerabilities in the metaverse. I'm happy and I've have talked to a number of people at Europol who are already looking at it and working on it. But I think national police agencies and others need to be involved there as well. We need to learn what that environment is about, where the vulnerabilities are, and how we can protect citizens and our societies. Another hybrid threat from new technologies is so-called conversational artificial intelligence, a kind of synthetic brain that makes machines capable of understanding, processing and responding to human language. The ChatGPT platform is probably the most famous and, like its sister platforms, it is not immune to risks, the expert says. The concern there is that conversational AI is an artificial intelligence that can have a conversation with us, watch our face, listen to our voice, and learn how to influence us. And every time it encounters us, it can take measurements of how our eyes respond, how our skin responds, how what happens in our voice, what happens with our choice of words, and continuously find a way to convince us of something, which could be, it could be to buy a Fiat Cinquecento, or it could be to overthrow your government, right? It Mm -hmm. could be, or it could be nonsense, it could be anything. And I think these are examples of the kind of things where malign actors can use them in ways that can endanger our democracy and our society. If we don't regulate it in time, the expert believes that we might wake up one day and find ourselves not having the freedom of choice we think we do. On the same topic, the EU is moving forward with the aim of being the first region in the world to strictly regulate the use of AI tools. On the 11th of May, committees in the European Parliament green-lighted the proposal made by the Commission on the topic, paving the way for a plenary vote in mid-June. This AI Act would prohibit some AI practices and strictly restrict others in order to avoid intrusive and discriminatory uses and to safeguard the privacy rights of EU citizens. Yet, the final outcome of this attempt at broad regulation will depend on the outcome of negotiations with the member states in the Council, a process which, unlike AI technology, is often sluggish. With Russia's war on Ukraine and the realization of its critical dependencies for its economy, the EU's wake-up call to its vulnerabilities has been harsh. The scale of the challenge means that the EU has not other choice than get all the help it can to address them. This is the case, for instance, with critical infrastructure. Although responsibility for this attack is not clear yet, the sabotage of Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline in the Baltic Sea in September 2022 showed the dangers of hybrid threats. 
This is why, in early 2023, the EU and NATO announced the creation of a task force to boost critical infrastructure protection, with their experts set to work hand-in-hand to identify key threats, as European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen put it. Indeed, a key point in the response to hybrid attacks is interoperability with NATO, as Macchiarini Crossons explains which means that it can work together with and complementary to NATO. Um, NATO is a key partner on hybrid threats. um, And oftentimes, EU member states are also NATO allies. And so there is a strong need to ensure that uh, the the two organizations uh, cooperate with each other on a regular basis on this. The EU and the NATO have joined forces to address hybrid threats, the scale and rapid evolution of which make it very difficult to come up with a single, uniform strategy. Dealing with these threats requires a horizontal approach, a lot of resources in various fields, a skilled manpower, and so on. It also means keeping track of all technological developments in order to grasp their risks. Finally, it means all citizens must be educated about these risks. Coming back to one of my previous episodes, I was also thinking that maybe this is also a new definition of what a European army would be. Not a traditional army made up by soldiers and weapons, but a large group of citizens who are very aware and well-trained in these new threats. That's all for today and for my series on the EU defense. I'll be back soon with other stories and topics of discussion from Brussels. Stay tuned!